Welcome to another episode of There is a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is June 17th, 2020. Hope all is well. First of all, let me start off by apologizing for the delay in the podcast release. It is my goal to try to release a podcast every four to five days. However, due to my schedule, it's probably been more closer to 10 days. And what I try to accomplish with this podcast is to stay and talk about current events. And pretty much, if anybody knows, 10 days, a hundred things can happen in that time span. I mean, Friday you had another police shooting and today they announced that the officers have been indicted, which that's that's pretty quick. In fact, the officer was fired within 24 hours and then you got other information that was revealed today about this case, which we're going to talk about. But like I said, my goal is to try to make this a current podcast. So I'm going to do better and try to get something out every four to five days. Like I said, starting, as most of you know, there was a shooting in Atlanta, Georgia this past Friday. This, again... It's crazy. It's just, you know, if somebody was to tell you what happened, you you just couldn't comprehend all of that, except for the fact that a police officer shot a black person. But when you see it, it's like, it's like, what the fuck? This thing is, is, is crazy. I mean, you know, this this man falls asleep in the drive-through, and you know, I guess people had made several attempts to wake him up, to no type of response coming from him. So naturally. They they call they call the police and police arrive on the scene tap on the window they literally open the door I'm you know I finally watched the video they had like the full body cam view you know they literally open the door and the guy is. He's still asleep. And after nudging him, he wakes up. It's obvious. He's intoxicated. And, you know, you put one and one together. He drove the Wendy's pretty much intoxicated. No confrontation. They moved the car out the way. You know, they go through the concept of, the I guess, the drunk person test. 
realize pretty much that he's drunk. Make everything. It's like you know. It's like you know the end result of this situation, but all the time you're looking like, how did it go from the way it started to he end up being dead? And I'm and I keep saying he. Um, the the man name was Rashard Brooks. 27 years old and you know father husband and it's like he's telling the story why he's there what's going on all everything is like it's just it's just going normal and then they try to put the handcuffs on him and he just it's almost like he he literally looked like he was fighting for his life. You know, people have different speculations as to what could have startled him. Yes, with all the shootings, I you know I'm, I'm you know I get it, I really do, I get it. I've always felt that fighting the police, you pretty much not gonna win. But when you fighting to the point where you got the mindset that I'm fighting for my life. And that's and to me, that's how he looked. Because we got to remember, this guy was sleep and intoxicated. And then all of a sudden, he woke up. I always had the term that you keep poking the bear. When that bear wakes up, that bear not going to just yawn and stretch. That bear gonna start mauling people. I mean, this was a prime example. When he tried to put them handcuffs on that brother, it's like, shit, he just, oh my gosh. Either way, he gets, he gets one of the officers taser and pretty much after, you know, two officers really at one point, they were on top of him. He gets from under them, gets the officer taser, and he takes off running. To the point where they shoot the taser at him. They miss. He's While he's shooting, he shoots back. And he hits the other officer who has his taser. And he takes shots at him with the taser. He missed. But Mr. Mr. Brooks turn around and he hits that officer with the taser. And I mean, he's, you know, pretty much before you know it. When you watch the video, three shots are fired. And two of them hit Mr. Brooks in the back. And based on, you know, revelations today, one of them, one of the bullets went through his back straight into his heart and he died instantly. I mean, this, I mean, you, even me just telling it, you trying to follow it and I seen the video. I mean, this, this is crazy. And you gotta think with everything that's going on right now in the state of Georgia of all places, 
But surely somebody had to say, hey, don't kill any more black people. Don't pull your gun unless you just in intimate danger. That I, 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 I've got to imagine some police meeting or whatever, the memo came out and said, do not kill any more black people right now. I mean, you know, not to be joking or nothing, but take, you know, settle down with that. But I believe it's just, it's the nature of police departments. It's the nature of the theory and the philosophy that it's gotten to the point where really you shoot first, no matter what. Because if you you think about it, even before they had the press conference today, I had, you know, watched it and I'm thinking to myself, this guy, no matter how he was able to get away from them, he still was drunk. He still was not on a full tank of gas, so to speak. It was just that rush that just took over him. Why, why wouldn't you just, you, you, why, what, what danger was he to anybody? He had a stun gun. If I'm correct, those stun guns that are owned by the police, they have two shots. He let off both shots. So the stun gun is empty. And then on top of that, you have his car, which I'm sure all the information, address, uh, social security number, everything is probably connected to that car. All you had to do was just impound the car, get, get all the information out the car. You could have just let him run wherever he was going to run to and, and really met him there and just, you know, knock on the door or be there waiting and say, hey, okay, let's try this again. You know, maybe a little bit more backup, but pretty much just say, hey, let's try this again. Somehow we got off on the wrong foot. But no, you, you felt the need while he's running you shoot him in the back. You shot at him three times. Then the clincher was once you shot him, you say, got him. Like you, like you shooting or hunting an animal. That's something that, you know, people just say when they, whether you're hunting a deer or a squirrel, but it just, you know, got him, got him. Like it's, it's nothing. And that's what the problem is. That is cause it's a normal reaction. When your normal reaction is to pull your gun and to shoot, basically to kill no matter what the circumstances is, that is your, First reaction to shoot and to kill a black person. 
And I say black person because I've seen the difference. You watch the difference of the treatment that white people get when they are arrested. Certain situations where you see white people are actually holding weapons and they are talked out of it. They're given the opportunity for de-escalation. But a black person can be running away and they and you've seen it many times. They will shoot them in the back. This is crazy. I mean, of course, now moving forward, you know, the police chief, she steps down, she resigns. Cause I'm sure up to that point, probably probably that morning or since the situation with George Floyd. I'm sure the mayor, the city council, everybody probably came together and say, hey, do not shoot at black people if you're not in danger. Police chief, tell your people, don't do it or it's your job. And sure enough, Friday, here we go again. You know, the officer, both of them are indicted. One is immediately fired. Now here it is. It's Tuesday. You know, they have been officially indicted pretty much. You know, they arrest warrants have been put out on, on their behalf. You know, watching the the newscast um, with Paul Howard indicating that, you know, some these, these new revelations. First of all, you know, one of the things that really was a trip was the fact that when the shooting officer, and I, you know, I don't even know these officers' name, but the thing is, when he shot at Mr. Brooks, he actually shot at a car. He, he put a bullet hole in a car with people in it. Because this, again, this took place in a crowded drive through at Wendy's on University. And anybody, you know, pretty much knows these fast food places on Friday night, they were already crowded before the pandemic. Now, since, you know, you can't go into most of the restaurants, those drive-through lines are long. And Wendy's always been Wendy's, Taco Bell, because they stay open late. So they've always had a long drive-through. But he shoots a hole in somebody's car. Trying to shoot, they're trying to, you know, desperately trying to shoot this man. You know, Georgia already have passed a law stating that you can't chase people because of the number of injuries, the number of deaths that took place when people were doing high-speed chase. But I guess somebody forgot, don't shoot your gun in crowded spaces. I mean, my God, this, this officer just, he just left loose. 
Because it was like, I don't care. I'm focusing on apprehending this person. I'm, I'm, I'm focused on killing this person. And I don't care who is around, who could get hurt. So, you know, you, it's like now, you got three different lawyers, sets of lawyers that are coming after this officer. Well, I guess you can count the fourth, because four set, because the officers, they have their lawyers. But it's just, I mean, what, what is it going to take to make this stop? I mean, in my opinion, it's not just about, you know, some, like a, a, a conviction where an officer gets five years and a lawsuit of, say, five million, ten million in that area is issued. Because that's, that's not going to stop them. It's not gonna. It's not gonna do nothing. And then that officer gets out, and he can, you know, through the unions, because this is another issue. The unions help these officers. When you see these officers with these long rap sheets themselves, criminal records themselves, and they start off in places like Atlanta, New York. Los Angeles, and they are suspended or get kicked out of that force, and then they move to some place like, say, Mayberry, North Carolina, or Wyoming, or North or South Dakota. That's that's assistant through the union. There's one union rep talking to another, putting in a good word for another person. And that person relocates and they get a fresh start. No matter what it is that got them removed from their previous job. And not to change the subject, but I commend, I commend Minnesota when they said that they're going to end their relationship with the union. Because that is, that is one of the problems. That police union. Because the union like any other organization that represent its members, whether they good or bad, they defend their members, whether they are good or bad. But it just, this, this, this is, this some serious stuff. And then of course, now you got the situation where the officer that came on the scene second, the one that got tased, I guess he has charges, lesser charges. I guess he is now going to testify against the officer that murdered Mr. Brooks. Pretty much he's going to state that there weren't, there wasn't any intimate danger. There wasn't any need to shoot. And you got to remember, this is the officer that was hit with the taser. So that, I think that's a first. 
I don't think there's ever been a situation where an officer that was part of the group is going to testify against another officer, which, you know, I'm, I'm assuming pretty much, you know, both their careers are over. So I'm sure that testifying officer, he's pretty much just, you know, I guess they informed him, well, you got some stuff. Cause I think they did say there were things on the video where it showed where I think he might've kicked Mr. Brooks and also had his foot on Mr. Brooks' shoulder in a, in a, I guess, a inhumane way. So I guess he cut himself a deal. And I guess part of that deal is you pretty much, he gonna go free. You just, you know, of course, probably will never be an officer again. But of course, like I said, in the union, he'll probably, you know, be able to relocate in some small town and live out the rest of his days. You know, probably, you know, might have changed his name. Cause I, you know, I'm sure that that code of honor that they have, his name is probably mud right now once he do that. But anyway, you know, even like, you know, the situation in Clayton County where the police officer is on videotape where he's pointing his gun at five teenagers. And yes, it's it's come out that there was suspect that these kids were doing something stupid. You know, it was believed that one of them had a BB gun and it didn't say that they robbed anybody and thing like that, but it just indicated that they had a BB gun. Something about a store clerk called and expressed to the police that one of them had a gun. They might've been in the parking lot fighting or horse playing. I guess, you know, they all were together. So I guess it didn't turn out to be a serious fight. In the end result, they made up. But either way, now they're confronted by this one police officer who's pointing a gun. Of course, a crowd gather around pleading, put the gun down. And you could, you know, I mean, from the angle that I could see of the video, I mean, you could tell this officer, this guy was scared. This guy was scared, which in my opinion, that's dangerous. Because now you got the neighborhood circling around him and possibly closing in on him, you got the the particular, one particular individual that was um, videotaping it, she, she's hysterical. She got the best angle, but she just, she's just hysterical. And he's, you could tell he just, he's, he's frozen. And then, you know, other officers come to assist him, but it's just for that time span, 
It's like this whole thing of drawing your gun at first reaction. This tactic, this is something wrong. Something, you know, and that's that's not something that just started to happen. This is how they have been trained. This is something that these police officers have been told what they need to do, especially towards black people. And, you know, it's so funny, you know, over the weekend, just paying attention to the news cycle, it's not just something in America. It's like white police officers in Europe, Australia, everywhere. They are pulling their guns on dark-skinned people. In America, we say black. We, we probably the only country in the world that describe people by color. Everybody else describes people by nationalities or language. You know, we say black and white. But pretty much, it's going on around the world. I mean, this is... There's some crazy shit. And it's like everybody trying to find a solution to this problem. But, you know, what is the solution? You know, you got a group of people saying, let's defund the police. You know, eh. you know, I'm 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 a I'm a proponent against police officers looking like they going to war in a foreign country. To me, something something is wrong with that look. When I see police department with armored vehicles or RPGs, rocket pro, pro, um, propel launchers, I, it's, it's something, something's not right with that. Because it's like, what, what are you fighting? And I think that mindset is where all this is starting. Because if you are preparing for a war, your mindset is to have a warlike mentality. And if you got all this equipment, it's only natural. You, especially in some, some city environment, you want to use it. You want to test it out. Even if it's just your your combat boots, your your body armor, your drones. You want to test this stuff out. You want to use it. And any opportunity you can. There's some there's some police departments that are like, you know, hey, we get to we get to whip out this equipment, which to my understanding a lot of this stuff, the stipulations in keeping this, this type of equipment, it has to be used. It has to have a purpose. So when things like this happen, that's the first thing they're going to reach for. I mean, think about it. If somebody said, hey, you can have a gun, but if you don't use it in every 12 months, we got to determine that you have a need for your gun. 
you're going to find a, a, a need. Anytime you hear a creak or you hear something rustling in a bush, yeah, you're going to take action because you want to keep your equipment. So you're going to find a purpose. You're going to find a need for those items. And this is what we have going on. These police departments have gotten to the point where they're convinced whoever, I guess is, is Congress, the state legislators, whoever, that this is what is needed to combat what is going on in the inner city. So from that aspect, when you say defund the police department, yeah, I get it from that point. I've heard people say you defund the police department and you use the money to put in the communities to build up certain programs. Because if you improve the education, if you improve the job status, things will offset, which I'm a firm believer that they know this. I believe that the police laws are connected to the concept of privatizing prisons. I believe that once the prisons became privatized, the laws for policing changed with it. Because it's only common sense. If I build a jail and I'm trying to make a profit and I need people to be in the jail because I'll receive funding for each of those people, I'm going to make laws that'll make it easy for me to fill these jails. Hopefully, you don't kill everybody, but at the same time, you make laws that will easily criminate people and definitely keep them on probation and I'm going to make a profit. And I believe that this is this is key. To me, they know how to resolve this. However, we as black people, we don't get it. We fall right into this pothole. You got a sign saying, road damage ahead, and you fall right into it. Well, right now, I, you know, I had other things I was going to talk about, but what I'll do my best is to come back in a couple of days and try to get into other topics. It's just that with this shooting in Atlanta, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold my tongue on it. But either way, this is another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am... Osaze Shabazz, and I will be talking at you very soon. God bless.